Welcome to Conversations with Heavy Cardboard. I am very excited to welcome one of the preeminent artists, illustrators, and graphic designers in the board gaming hobby. He's the man behind the beautiful artwork that you're going to find in games like Lisboa, The Gallerist, Vinos Deluxe, Fool's Gold, Nemo's War, second edition of Study in Emerald, as well as the upcoming new edition of Stevenson's Rocket and CO2. He also did the killer artwork on the cover of one of my favorite trick-taking games, Trick of the Rails. His acrylic paintings hang on the walls of the famed Mount Falcon Hotel in Western Ireland. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about the talented Ian O'Toole, so welcome to Heavy Cardboard, Ian. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is, this is, I'm super <laughs> excited about this, man. I mean, you are the Ian O'Toole. I mean, come on, this is awesome. Uh, so a quick note before we get started for everybody, if you have any questions of Ian, feel free to ask him in chat. The production team, i.e. Amanda, is over in the office. She's going to make note of them, and I'll ask Ian a few of them towards the end of the conversation. So... Ian, we'll start out with, um, we'll show my ignorance here on this, and do you prefer artist, illustrator, graphic designer, or something else, or, you know, Ian? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty funny around the word artist uh, when referring to myself. How so? Uh, I don't know, it's, it's um, a little bit too mysterious, I think. <laughs> okay. A little bit too hard to explain what it, what what it is I do. Okay. Uh, so I, I tend to say graphic designer and illustrator. The problem is that's a bit of a mouthful. So <laughs> it it just rolls Either off or the it tongue. It depends right? what day you catch me on. Okay, fair enough. Um, so your name is Irish, but you mm -hmm. live in Perth, Australia. Are you I from do. Ireland, or is it just the the family name, or what? Yeah. No, I am Irish. Um, we're in Australia. Myself and my wife are in Australia, um, I'm going to say 12 years now. Okay. I'm really bad with dates. No worries. <laughs> it's the last, last date Around you'll have to mess years. with, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we came over here, um, yeah, about 12 years ago, um, before, really before I was a, a board gamer. So okay. That's, that's all of my, well, not all of my board gaming life, but my, my, I guess modern board gaming life. Has been sure, in, sure. In I mean, all of us are like that, right? Mm, yeah. All right. So, so when did you start drawing and become interested in art? I mean, I imagine this goes back to childhood. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Give us the background on on you. Uh, I do not know why I have always drawn. To be honest, I can't trace it back to any one thing. I mean, I loved comics as a kid. Um, possibly that had something to do with it. Uh, okay. But I've, right. I've, I've, I've always drawn uh, and, and painted in one, one shape or another my entire life. All right. So what got you? Well, okay. So before we go into the artwork of board games... What sure. got you into just the hobby to begin with? Just, I mean, because you're a gamer. Yeah, right. I mean, um, I can see the games behind you or over to your right. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, what got me into... Well, I mean, uh, as, a, as a kid, I used to play D&D &D a lot. 
Okay. Um, I, you know, when I was about nine, probably, I started playing D&D. Um, played a lot of role-playing games, like Middle-Earth role-playing game and countless other ones. <clears throat> um, but it was probably about uh, ten years ago. Um, sorry, it wouldn't have even been that. Probably about 2010. So I lied. I am going to bust that. Have you bust that another date? Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't cross-check my dates. Yeah, deal. It'll, it'll, All it'll right. make sense. Um, yeah, probably about 2010, a friend bought me uh, Settlers of Catan. And that was a kind of a, a reawakening in my uh, interest in, in tabletop gaming. All right. Uh, closely followed by Dominion, uh, and then I bought myself Race for the Galaxy, and and that was that. And off to the races ever since, mm. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right. So then, how did this meshing of I, I I would say your your line of work as well as your hobby? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Um. Probably again with the dates. Probably oh, five years ago. I'm terrible. Oh, terrible. <laughs> I, should, I, should, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have made uh, made that promise. Sorry. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna say some time ago. Okay. No, about five years ago. Um, okay. I decided I wanted to work for myself. Um, <clears throat> I had been employed as a graphic designer, primarily. I used to do a bit of illustration here and there, but mostly as a graphic designer. Um. And I wanted to give it a go just doing it by myself. Okay. Um, when I started, uh, I was basically just trying to diversify clients. Because a lot, a lot of the work I used to do at that point was in um, like the exhibition industry, um, things like that. I used to do a lot of pre-visualization, like architectural things and all that sort of stuff. Um, and pretty much on a whim, um, I put up a couple of samples of illustrations on Board Game Geek and said, if anyone's looking for something that might resemble this, to give me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and I got a few messages out of that and I ended up turning into jobs and, and that was that. And off to the races ever since. Yep. So much. it started out. With because I, I saw in for lack of a better word, <clears throat> excuse me, your portfolio that, mm-hmm. like you said, you used to do a lot of uh exhibition type thing as far as you know, yep. uh, booths and mm-hmm. design and, and 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 brochures and stuff like that. So it went from that being the majority of your livelihood to is it now board games that is the majority yeah. of your work? Yeah, 99% of my work is gaming related. That's amazing. That's got to feel yeah. feel pretty good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> good thing that whim happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, okay, <laughs> let's let's go with the the main one that I think a lot of people or at least a lot of people that are going to be listening to this um are going to be familiar with your work with with Eagle Griffin Games and Vital Lacerda. Mm-hmm. And they've had you create all the artwork for their recent big releases, and and wisely, I might add. Uh, but how did that specific partnership come to be? Um, I uh, right after I started to do 
to sort of think about working in games a bit more seriously. Uh, I actually toyed with the idea of getting into publishing a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, briefly, and not very deeply. Okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, I've always been a firm believer in just talking to people and asking people for opportunities uh, because, they're, you know, they're not going to come along to me if I'm sitting all the way over here in Australia. Sure. Um, so I was a big fan of Vital's games. Uh, I knew that he had a number of games that were listed on Board Game Geek, but not there was no details available. Right, Lisboa being one of them. Okay. Um, so you saw opportunity here. Yeah, a, a little bit, and it was it was more just sort of feeling out the landscape a little bit. So I I sent Vital <clears throat> an email saying basically hi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm interested in uh, exploring opportunities for, uh, again, at the time, publishing, but with with an eye to keeping all of the art costs in-house. Oh, sure. I mean, why wouldn't um, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I, I think... I'm trying to remember, was it Liz- I think it was Lisboa specifically that I inquired about, but I, I, I can't quite remember now. Uh, so Vital got back and he said that that game... <clears throat> is promised to an, another publisher. He was very kind to get, to get back to my random email uh, <laughs> and also to get back to it earnestly. Not, you know, not just thanks, but no thanks. Uh, <laughs> right, and he, right. had obviously take, he had obviously taken the time to um, take a look at my work. And he said, well, this can't happen, but I have a game called The Gallerist, which is coming out soon, and we need an artist. So nothing said, ventured, sure. nothing gamed, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> wow, just that simple. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the the, the gallerist was done um, very very quickly. How so? They, what, what what do you mean by that? Uh, I think from from the again timelines. I don't really remember, but I, uh, I think from from the. <laughs> From me saying, yes, I will do it, to the artwork being finished was probably about eight weeks, I think. Wow. Now, yeah, obviously, really I don't have a history in in being able to produce artwork. But from what I gather, mm-hmm. just from following Kickstarters and following other productions as they go through, that seems insanely fast. Yes, it was very fast. So how, how, when so many projects take so long, how was that able to come about so quick and, and be completed so quickly? Uh, do you mean from, from my perspective? Yeah, 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 or, totally. Uh, well, well, I, I, I kind of made time for it because I was pretty keen. Because <laughs> 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 um, I, like I mean, ultimately, I'm, I I have always loved Vital's games, so you know, there's that in it for me as well. So a wanna... bit of fanboyism. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, I, you know, I I don't want to have to play. It would really annoy me <laughs> if I felt I hadn't done a good job on a game of his that I was playing at a later stage. That that would really ruin my experience of playing the game, and I want to be able to play his games and enjoy them. So. Okay. 
but but still even so just you just dedicated yourself to okay this is the one project i'm going to work on and i'm gonna just bust it out until it's done and that's how it happened so quick or what no no just just long hours Oh, okay. <laughs> basically is, is how I handle most of my problems unfortunately uh, <laughs> I can relate I know it, it went in and around everything else So, okay well yeah. then if you don't mind since mm-hmm. I mean I, I like to say that I'm the world's biggest five year old in that I always want to know the why and, and how okay. of things and I am completely ignorant as to the process that goes on with just a board game project, especially from the art side and graphic design illustration mm-hmm. side. So would you mind explaining to me and to the folks at home, what's your process then from beginning to end of a board game project? Um, <clears throat> well, it varies hugely. Um, so, uh, you know, taking something like, the gallerist, let's just say, for, sure. for an example, which is a, a pretty involved project because the game is very involved. <clears throat> um, the first thing for me to do with a complex game is to play it. So You have to know your with, subject, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and especially with, with um, you know, something like one of Vital's games because they're so uh, ergonomically complex, let's, let's just say. <laughs> Lots of bits I, to I, I like that phrase. I, I may steal that. I like that. <laughs> uh, so uh, at that stage, unfortunately, uh, Vital hadn't discovered Tabletopia. Oh. So I had to print and play uh, an early prototype. Uh, so once I've done... So basically, I, I, I play the game. I scribble furiously all over the prototype while I'm doing it. Uh, and then I generally go away and try and think about, I guess, the important conventions in the game. Like, you know, sometimes that's iconography, sometimes it's thematic, sometimes it's it's just basic structural work on a board, which was the case with the gallerist. <clears throat> um, it's a uh, so I, I would have I started with the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I laid it out basically in in squares and circles, very very basic shapes, no theme whatsoever. Okay. Just a, a, a skeleton of the board. Basically. Okay. And then I try and get a sense of what the pieces feel like, so what size they need to be, um, you know, how high the stacks are going to be. Um, oh wow! Okay, all all of that sort of stuff. So, and then I, I will usually almost make up a white sample, which is a uh, a white sample is something that you get from a printer's right to where it's is, all the pieces. It's just there's no artwork. It's just white. it's not it's not printed. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll often basically do a a prototype version of a white sample. Okay. So I'll, I'll I'll ask if if the information's available. I'll figure out you know how thick are the, are the punch boards going to be, uh, and I'll I'll make counters that are that thick, and I'll say okay, there's fifty of these. So if I stack them all on top of each other, that's going to be a big tower. So we can't do that. So you know how do we find the space for that to work? I see. This is fascinating to me because this is a level that I or and and the attention to detail that I would have never 
it literally never would have occurred to me. But now that you mention it, I'm like, well, obviously you have to take that into consideration, but had no idea. All right. Continue, yeah, please. It, yeah. This it, is uh, awesome. Yeah. So it, it's, it's for, you know, for the, the sort of ergonomics of it, but also for the um, line of sight. Right. Rich. So again, in a, in a very, in a very complex board, and this is, this was more with, um, uh, Vinos and especially with the Lisboa because uh-huh. the, the boards are so dense. Yes. As far um, as information density, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's not a lot of, I guess, spare real estate. Yes. Things start to, to knock up against each other pr- pretty quick. Um, so you've got to work out, for instance, that if, you know, if a stack of um, counters is 10, 20 mil high, mm-hmm. if I put that beside an icon from one part of the table, you're not going to be able to see that icon because the stack's going to block it, right? So it's all, it's all of that sort of stuff. So basically, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do a, a, a very rudimentary white sample. Okay. Um, and then I'll place the pieces where I broadly where I think they should go and then I mean it's it's kind of like just getting up and walking around the table and seeing from different angles from different angles yeah so saying well that's going to be a problem because I can't see that and you know spaces like that so then that gives me a lot of information as you know as regards okay so um, you know with the gallerist for instance Mm -hmm. um the uh, you know the the area with the artists right uh, so there's there are stacks of tiles and there's um, iconography around them right so that that gives me a really good impression of how much space that needs physical space on the board sure <laughs> um, to be able to um, function and be clear from where people are going to be viewing it from so at uh, that, uh, okay oh continue <laughs> no, no, no. yeah go for it go ahead. Uh, and, and yeah, well, once I've done that, then it becomes just basically a um, an exercise in space allocation. <coughs> so, um, you know, once I have the size that okay, the artist area needs to be this size, and and the the international market needs to be this size, broadly speaking. Sure. Uh, then I then I can start to lay out um, sort of gameplay elements. <clears throat> so the, the 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 amazing part to me here is throughout this entire discussion about how you go about this at no mm-hmm. point have you even mentioned artwork yet it's all no it's all as you kind of said ergonomics and and usability yes. first yeah that I, that is the single most important part of the job for me so, so basically, graphic design then is, mm-hmm. comes first, and then the artwork works around that. Then is what you're yes. saying? If okay, yeah, I, I, and and those two things. I mean, those two things aren't necessarily separate for me. Okay, because I because I do both. I I think in both terms at the same time. It's it's not sure, a case that where makes sense. Okay. where I draw a box and then I draw a picture to go in the box. So I mean. You know, if you look at the cover of Lisboa behind you, for uh-huh. instance, h- how much of that is graphic design and how much is illustration, I can't really say. Huh. Because 
a lot a lot of it's you know graphic composition but it is ultimately illustrated so you know who knows <laughs> no that um, I, and and that's that's again something i never would have thought of because i i on my end of things i see them as two very distinct things one is yeah. and i'm forgive my ignorant layman terms here mm -hmm. but one being artwork basically making things pretty and making them aesthetically pleasing whereas graphic design is all about the usability of conveying information and yeah. so i feel like those are completely different but from the artist standpoint there you can't have one without the other so they're integral to one another uh i mean what what, what you said is is essentially true your definitions are correct and in in a lot of cases the graphic designer and the illustrator will not be the same person right 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 so 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 when that's the case um those roles are far more clearly defined um the thing that i like to do really just to keep myself interested <laughs> uh is is to blur those lines a lot is, is to 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 not um think of you know the box illustration as just an illustration for the box i i, I if i can when i when i can um you know a, a box is, is a really good example because uh it is often treated as a box cover and then a box you know you've got the sides of the box and then the back of the box right right so you've got an illustrator would maybe be commissioned traditionally to uh, produce an image that goes on the front and then the graphic designer would um, you know create a logo and all of the icons that go on it and then they would lay it out um, with box sides and a box back right that's okay sure that well that at least that's how it it appears that it would work to me sure yeah um w where i try to have a bit of fun with that is to think about the box as an object as, as a, a single whole object so and, and and that's where you know probably the best example of that is is the gallerist box. the gallerist for sure yes to where basically <laughs> um, it's six sides of the same piece right yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um you know lisboa a little bit has that as well it's got the tiles and the the brickwork on the back and you know that that sort of thing um but but that's a good example of where i really like to to blend um the two disciplines together that's that's fascinating all right so so after so getting back then to on on the process mm -hmm. after you have the again using your term ergonomics worked out and you have yep. then it at what point then does the actual artwork come into the the process um it is it, it uh, again it, it depends a lot of my answers are going to be <laughs> no no and that's fine that's fine no that be, i mean even that is is enlightening because it's not a cookie cutter it's always this 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 then this um right, so no right. stick with the gallerist since you're using that as the so, example yeah so I, I so pretty early on in in a in any project i'll have a pretty good idea in my head of what i want it to look like 
stylistically, mm-hmm. not 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 design wise and not layout wise, but just the impression I want to give people when they look at it on the table, just broadly speaking. Okay. Elevator pitch, let's say. <laughs> okay. Um. So that information and that those decisions um, <clears throat> inform when the artwork is when the artwork when when the finished um stylistic elements are put on the on the on the board or on the cards or or, or whatever so <clears throat> lisboa is a really good example of this because the artwork style is very very labor intensive i it's very detailed it, it, it i can only imagine that it was yes <laughs> and there's no there's, there are no cheats with that there's no way to get away with it you just have to sit there and do it until it's done. Um, so that was a really good example where I needed to make sure that everything was fixed <laughs> and was not going to change, at least to any great degree, before I commenced the board. You're talking so, as far as uh, mechanisms uh, and just these yes. pieces are going to be this shape, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so coming back to the... Um, boxes and circles, uh, board and, and, and cards and all of that. Lisboa was entirely playable <coughs> with just boxes um, for probably a few months. Okay. So um, uh, the, the icons were the first thing that I worked on with Lisboa because I knew Vital at the time needed more time to work out the board the mechanics of the board. Oh, okay. So you didn't want to put the cart before the horse and then wait, I just wasted all that because all this changed. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 (laughs) he's not watching, is he? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I've seen, but I'm sure he will at some point, but go ahead. He's Um, got a good sense of humor. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like I've gotten to know how Vital works a fair bit. Sure. I mean, working with him enough on these games, that makes sense. Yeah, I I can usually tell, I think at this point, when I play a prototype, how close he is to being happy with it. Interesting. Because there's usually one part of the game that he's really in love with. And if he doesn't talk about one part of the game that he's really in love with, I know he hasn't found it yet. You know that's so, actually really true because when I when I when he sat for conversations with Heavy Cardboard previously, he brought mm-hmm. that up that he has the one thing that he feels is the heart of the game, mm-hmm. and then once he has that, then everything kind of falls in place after that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, the 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 first version that I played of Lisboa was pretty substantially different to what it is now. Okay. Um, and uh, just in, in talking to Vital, it, it was pretty clear, I think, that... I mean, the game was <laughs> the game was fantastic, but it just wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been fine for me, but anyway. Um, uh, it, it was pretty clear there was... You know, th- things were going to change, basically. Okay. So, but on, on top of that, you know, the clock's ticking. <laughs> we're getting it done and... and, and you know, getting it released on time and all of that. So mm-hmm. uh, I needed to get started, but couldn't commit to, you know, s- spending a lot of time up front on something that was clearly going to change. 
That makes sense. Sure. Uh, so with that, so the decision was made then to start with the iconography, then move on to the cards, uh, and the hmm, either the I think the box was the very last thing to be done, but the board and then the box, where you know once it was <laughs> once we were locked. Then I then I was happy to say okay I'm going to spend a week or whatever it was making this board. So do you do, uh, you said you're married do do you just mm-hmm. lock yourself away and be like don't bother me I'll see you next week and I'm just gonna <laughs> get to it type thing or what? Uh yeah sometimes yeah <laughs> with, with with a project like that that's just a big a big block of work. Uh yeah pretty much. I just need to set aside time and and just do it. There's no, um, there's no way around it. (laughs) All right. Is there any aspect of a, how do let me see how I want to say this. Is there a particular aspect, whether it's board artwork or whether it's that ergonomics or whether it's coming up with the layout for the cards, et cetera, et cetera, given, you know, regardless of what game it is. Is there one consistent, tricky, or difficult aspect, or does it just change game to game? Um, it probably changes, I, I, I guess. Iconography can be tricky because the same the same things crop up again and again. Sure. Right. So, you know, sheep or wood. <laughs> okay all right i need an icon for wood i i, I have i actually having said that i haven't come across it too much but uh th- that's kind of why i i find it impart- important to decide on a style at the start of the project which then informs everything going through because then i don't end up having a you know a particular style of icons for wood <laughs> For instance, because uh, it, no, that it makes sense. Informed. So it's consistent. You're saying, right? Mm. Hopefully. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, then you said working with VTOL and mm-hmm. with Eagle Griffin with the the big VTOL games. How much input do you have? Is it collaborative as far as stylistically as well as uh, graphic design, or is it all, hey? Leave me alone. Let me do my thing, and then I'll present it to you. And then, if we need changes, we can do that. Or how exactly does that work? Um, so specifically with um, Eagle Griffin and Vital, I basically work with Vital directly. Okay. And and then that is presented to Eagle Griffin. They're they're pretty happy at this point to let us just go and do it. Enough of a track um, record between the two of you. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and I think in some ways the gallerist was done because it was the first one and because time was such a pressure. I think that kind of helped us out because we were just able to go and do it and then it was done and it looked good and they kind of went, oh, I guess it's fine to do it that way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so Vital is, is very involved. Uh, he's he's got a very um, it's not that he's got a clear idea of what he wants but he's he's got a very 
um, hmm, how do I put this? Well, Fatal is a, is a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. He, he's worked as a graphic designer. So he, so he understands the language and he understands the principles and, and, and all that sort of stuff, which is really good because there's a shorthand there, right? Sure. Um, he is a very good sounding board. Uh, and he's got very clear opinions sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, he, you know, he 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 will, he will um, come. You know, if I suggest something, he'll come back. Usually, very very quickly with a. If 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 there's a good reason why not. He'll let me know very quickly, which is okay. great for me because I don't. Sure, a, a you don't hole. get too far down that road without having mm-hmm. that 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 input. Sure. Yep. Um, so that's really good. But on the other hand, he's very willing to step back and say, you know, this is this is your work. Um, you need to do it your way. Did it start that way? Did that trust that he obviously has in you, did that start at the very beginning? Or is it, oh, wow, you killed it on the gallerist. So, yeah, you have chops. I can let you go. Um, I don't know. So I I, I completed the, the board for the gallerist, I think, was the first thing that I completed. Okay. Uh, actually, interestingly, the very first thing that I did for Vital was a cover sketch for Lisboa. For uh, the box, like just a, for, a quick for the box. Okay. Yes. This, All right. is, this is before the gallerist. This is the the very very first thing that I did. Oh wow! Yeah, which you can see probably on Board Game Geek. It was a square box at the time. It's different than what it is now, but even then, the the broad style is 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 still there. Okay. Um, Hmm. It's it's very much just a sketch as well. There's no no detail. Whatsoever. Sure. Um. So yeah, with with the gallerist, I pretty much completed the board and sent it to him, and then kind of crossed my fingers because <laughs> 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 um, I I had I had no idea, and and the games that I knew of his, you know, were the original edition of Vinos, right? Co two, right? Sure. And Kanban. And those three games all look very different. That is true. Yes. Uh, so I had no clue <laughs> what to expect, um, but he liked it, so that was that was lucky. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the sort of thing that could go either way, really, right? Because I, I don't. I didn't know Vital at the time, and. He didn't know me, and and it really is. You know, I I feel you know this is the right approach, and and we had talked about it looking modern and and, and clean and all. You know, exactly how it words, looks, right? Sure, right. But but those words mean different things to different people, and all of that's very ephemeral. Until <laughs> you put something in front of somebody, and they go, "Oh God, no, that's not what I meant." Uh, so it's it's often a bit of a shot in the dark, a little bit. Sure. Well, I mean, it's well, not a shot in the dark. That's what it feels like, though. Right. Okay. But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, you guys have a you have a discussion, but like you said, there it's a little ambiguous as to what some of those words can mean. And one and artwork yeah. is very personal, right? And it's very one person's, you know, 
evocative is another person's eh, right? Right. Yep. Okay. So that that makes sense. So all right. So let let's kind of run because I'm really curious about Lisboa in particular, just from mm-hmm. a fan or a gamer standpoint. Uh, sure. When people saw the board for the first time, yep. so uh, people, you know, uh, there were some jokes. I'm going to reference this as VTOL's blue period or right, whatever right, right. because it's of the tile work that it was the style. So yep. did you know going in, because you said even before you started with the gallerist, you had done a sketch of the box for Lisboa. Did you know that's going to be the heart of the artwork? It's going to be in that tile style? Or how did that come to be? Or was that Vital's insistence or suggestion? Um, no, it, it, it definitely wasn't an insistence of, of any sort. I, I, the initial sketch um, <clears throat> that I did, I hadn't really done much visual research at the time. Because okay. Vital just asked me, I just need a cover sketch to put on BGG, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I can't really remember how long it took, but less than a, certainly less than a day, probably about half a day <clears throat> to do that initial thing. So I, I, I probably would have done some very cursory visual research of the time period um, and I'm, I'm pretty familiar with that era of, of European artwork anyway. okay all right uh, but when it ki- when it came time to work on the game in earnest uh, then we spent quite a bit of time talking about different references and the history and you know all these different things that we could draw on uh, which Vital is very knowledgeable about right, it. Right, and it's, I, well, it's very personal for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he, he sent me a, a ton of visual reference, and I found, you know, a lot myself. And throughout all of it, it's just these amazing um, blue tiles. <laughs> 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 they're, all, they're all blue. Um, right. And it's impossible to ignore. I mean, it, it, there were, to me, and I, I don't know how Vital feels about this, but to me, there was never a question that that's what the game should look like. I mean, as soon as I saw them, I was like, that's it. I mean, I can keep looking, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm wasting it, my time. I'm going to come back <laughs> to this. All right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really blue, but not many games are really blue. So I, I think that's a good thing. No, I, I agree. And I, I appreciate the artistic flourishes, maybe is mm-hmm. a good way to put it, that you put into it, whether it's the cracks, the uh, <laughs> it looks like little specks of like it's worn or it's been chipped mm-hmm. or um, is that what what inspired that aspect? Just make it look real? Yeah, yeah, j- just to sell the illusion. I-, I think there's a, you know, without getting too um, pretentious. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's a, there's, I think uh, the other thing that I really loved about the medium of the tiles is that it's it's a, a building material. Right. As well. And, and, and these things, you know, were painted on the sides of buildings. So... The style is is a is a holdover, you know, aesthetically from the period, but 
there's also like a, a physical legacy there kind of and the fact that they're cracked they you know they crack and they break and all of that sort of stuff is <clears throat> it just seems very evocative of both the city and the era and the fact that you know it, you're building after this huge disaster that's, so that's really cool all right yeah so so that 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 wear and damage and and, and all, all that sort of stuff I, I, it is a a small part of it, but it's funnily enough, a lot of people pick up on it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I, the, the, the thing I like about it is, is it, it tricks people, right? Oh, guilty. Um, and Amanda spoke about this in our review that we did with Lisboa that she, she forgets where the fold on the board is because right. of the tile. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. or it looks like maybe there's a hair on the board. Nope, that's a crack on the tile. Yeah, well, yep. you know, <laughs> when I was, because I also, when I get to a late art stage, I also play test again. So I, I, again, especially with a complex game, I'll always do play tests of more or less final art. Because there's always stuff that I just haven't thought about. Um, and. You know, when I would sit the board down in front of people, you get people kind of going, you know, putting their finger and scratching where the <laughs> where the cracks are, and I just got a kick out of that because it's clearly not cracked. <laughs> That's funny. Mm. So so it so so you like messing with the messing with the players. That's that's cool. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Sticking with color, but transitioning a little bit away from uh, the blue period that is Lisboa, mm -hmm. um, the color choices that you've used on across the board, regardless of what game it is, they they seem very, again, very much a layman in this. I I'm I I mean I'm not an mm -hmm. art expert by any means, but they seem very balanced and there's a bit of a aesthetic harmonious flow, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, Sounds good. How do you choose the colors in a given game? Obviously, we've already talked about <laughs> Lisboa. We get that. But in general, whether it's Nemo's War or, you know, the Stevenson's Rocket or anything mm -hmm. like that, how do you, how does that happen? Hmm. Um, I guess that's where I have to lean heavily into theme because it's an, an emotional um not uh, sometimes it's an emotional thing but but it's it's a atmospheric is a better word right so it's it's an atmospheric decision <laughs> so you know the the thing that i always try and do is i look for a hook somewhere <laughs> for okay. me not necessarily for the viewer but just okay. something for me to sort of hook onto and and and, and run with um yeah yeah pretty much um so, you know, for instance, Stevenson's rocket, it's that yellow. Um, it's just that striking yellow because the actual locomotive was yellow. And it was it's yellow, color. right. You, do, sure. you don't see it too much. <clears throat> so that seems like a, it's almost a, a branding decision. You know, and I've, I've worked a lot in branding, <laughs> in corporate oh, branding. Right. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I guess I've got an appreciation for finding those um, 
uh, little hooks, I guess, that, that that you can you can hang an identity of a game of a game or a product or whatever on, right? Hmm. So whether it's the you know the the yellow in, in Steam's rocket, the blue in Lisboa, <coughs> um, you know, Nemo's War is a bit different because it's it's a probably I was going to say it's a more deeply illustrated game. That's a weird term to use, but it's it's more. Well, what do you mean um, by that? No, run with that. That's fine. Uh, it is. There's more storytelling going on in in the artwork for Nemo's War okay. than in Stevenson, Stevenson's Rocket, for instance. Right? There's not much storytelling. Sure. Right. Right. Um, Nemo's War is a much more because it's a solitaire game. It's you know the game is asking you to become Nemo mm-hmm. and to get inside that experience a little bit. And I, you know the mechanics do that so well that. The artwork just kind of needs to prop that up a little bit and, and you know, fill in the gaps. Okay. And help the storytelling along then. Mm. Yeah. So this all started from talking about color, but but that's okay. I mean. Uh, no, it's no. Yeah. Go, keep going. Keep going. It's all good. <laughs> you know, from a. Um, I mean, it, uh, with, with Nemo's War, for instance, it's, it's all blues and greens. And that just makes sense because of the the theme water article sure i mean the, sometimes it's as simple as that right it's underwater let's make it blue <laughs> uh, <laughs> but e- even in that right you, you've got to pick out um uh it, it can't be as literal as that there's got to be something else that you can pick out to um to give it life and to give it identity so and some, sometimes that's color choice, and sometimes it's design, and sometimes it's framing. Uh, you know the way things are framed, or the way they're cropped, or, or you know, there's, there are a thousand different sort of visual uh, tricks that you can use to give a game, I guess, an an, an edge or an identity, mm-hmm. character. Uh, and character—that's a good word. Um, and color is is one of them. Um, uh, what okay so what inspires you to what, what what about i guess what i'm asking is how do you choose if there's so many is it just by feel like this is the one that feels right for this given project or is it something else um i mean is it something as simple as hey i'm experienced at this and i my gut tends to be right uh no no i don't think it's that no i'm too much too much self-doubt for that um <laughs> don't we all <laughs> suffer from that though yeah, yeah that's right um i i think it's uh i mean sometimes things will jump out at me straight away and, and you know like lisboa like stevenson's rocket and i mean that's just a color yellow that's it okay right so that's a starting point and then you just kind of go from there and I mean, Stevenson's Rocket is 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 a a fairly straightforward thematically project. There's mm-hmm. nothing surprising about it, I guess. Um, whereas you know Nemo's War, or you know I'm I'm working on the Scarlet Pimpernel for right. Eagle Griffin, for Eagle as well Griffin at the moment, right? Yep. Which is, I mean, that's a good example of. I'm, I, you know, I was starting to kind of 
come up against how many different ways can I draw uh, Victorian people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's that's a good example of me making a conscious decision. I I don't know if if you've seen the cover for Scarlet Pink. I I have. I have. Uh, Alex brought it with him to HeavyCon, so I got to see it there. Right, right, right. Okay. So that's that's a good example of me making a conscious decision to do something a little bit uh, more anachronistic, I guess. Okay. To to break out of the you know to to incorporate elements of um, the theme naturally, so it's kind of got this period watercolor feel, but then it's also intercut with very harsh, uh, stark colors. Right, which which is a very modern design. Okay. Approach. Right. Okay. So, so that's that's me just making a decision that, you know what? There's a lot of games around that look like Euro games. Let's sure. just say. Sure. For better or for worse, um, and a lot of them are set in similar periods in history and have people standing there, looking Victorian. In, in right. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so. That's an example of just saying, well, let's. We still need to do that because that's what the game's about, more or less. But uh, let's give it a bit of life, I guess. Because it's and, not a historical document, right? It's not, right. I mean, and it goes back to that whole giving the game character, giving it its own unique feel, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Hmm. So, what's the most challenging aspect of your job as a illustrator, artist? graphic designer and and the most challenging aspect of designing the artwork and graphic design of a game um the most challenging thing for or does it change yeah it 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 does a bit i have a tendency sometimes uh to go a bit too far (laughs) with some projects like like Uh, what give us an example if you're willing yeah, sure. Well, Nemo's War is is a great example. So N- Nemo's War um, is I don't know if you've seen the original the Victory Point Games first edition, um, but you know it came in one of their little poly bag things with the little tiny dice. And but okay. it, the game is amazing, um, and I I just loved it. It was the only solo game I ever played, and I loved it. Um, so I heard that they were doing a gold, what they at the time called their gold banner editions of it. So I wrote to them and I was like, just, I need, you're just going to let me do this. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I, I kind of strung arm my way in. And at the time I, I hadn't really done, my, this was quite early on. I hadn't, like the gallerist hadn't come out. They so didn't know who the hell I, you didn't have a, was, a, a big track record is what you're saying. No, right? I, very little, very, very little. Um, I mean, I'd done a lot of illustration and design, but not in relation to, to board games. So, uh, I, <laughs> either they were desperate or I sounded convincing, one or the other. <laughs> um, Say it with confidence, people will believe it. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a case where I wanted it, because I love the game so much, mm-hmm. I wanted it to be as good as it, could be within you know within reason um but uh 
you know, that there was a point at which Alan, um, Alan Emmerich, in, in Victory Point Games, right. was saying, you know, we, we just need an upgrade to the cards, and we, just, you know, the ships can they, they'll be fine, and you know, just a little ship picture. No, and that's not like, happening, no, Alan. I, th- I no. think I'm going to draw all the ships, Alan. <laughs> there's about there's about 150 of them. And I was like, I think I'm just going to research and draw all the ships, Alan. Because <laughs> I think I think that'll be better. <laughs> I can imagine. And the, I can imagine what he, the look in his same. face, like. Yeah, probably. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and the adventure cards were the same, right? Because that's where the that's where the theme and the story, right, uh, comes from. The game. A lot of it comes from the player, but the the game gives you a lot to work with through these adventure cards. And that was another example. I'm just like, there's no. I, I'm just gonna have to draw a picture. For all of these cards <laughs> so uh, it was so, almost so i guess a, that's a bit of a challenge okay it's just me, well me, sure so reining you know, yourself in then is what you're yeah. saying yeah it can be <laughs> that's that i uh, kudos for realizing that at least and and that's 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 fascinating to hear that it's more or less an internal struggle as opposed to a mechanical or stylistic struggle than anything else yeah i i mean for for board games are are the i think the perfect medium for what i do personally what i do the way i I work because they're infinitely varied um they need graphic design and illustration more or less equally across the board. Uh, I'd argue they need graphic design more, but I agree. Whatever for what it's worth. No, I and <laughs> <Yeah>. I think <laughs> uh, and honestly, I think um, and I don't mean to cut you off and go down no, a, a rabbit hole here, but I really feel like the heavier the game, the more that gets should be more stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, because it needs to work harder. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the other thing is, um, I don't really think I have a style. A lot, a lot of some people tell me I do, but I, I don't see it personally. So, because I really enjoy coming to a project and saying, you know, how do I want this to look as a player, and then how do I actually make it look like that? I don't have you know at this style that i go back to and i do all my games look the same i hope not anyway i don't think i do no i i i I, I agree (laughs) so more or less a chameleon of sorts to where it gives you freedom i would think to approach projects individually not like oh i'm going to go back to xyz Mm. it's what does the game speak what what does the game what's its own personal identity I think so, and that's that's really interesting for me um, to look at a game, look at either either a period of history that it, it's it's involved in, or, or or you know inspirations, or, or or you know if it's a science fiction game or, or whatever, um, and just try and come up with you know a new style that that fits that well is really exciting for me, and it it keeps me interested is you know i'm interested anyway but <laughs> sure but challenged or it, it keeps engaged. me excited i guess yeah yeah that's right 
So is that your favorite aspect then of being a board game artist, illustrator, graphic designer? Hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, I have a lot of favorite aspects of oh, <laughs> being a... Go, go with it. What are they? Uh, well, it's all, I'm all of it. You know, all, all the people that I get to work with are fantastic. Um, you know, very intensely clever, passionate people. Um, there's a real sense of um, purpose, I guess, in, in, in what they're doing and, 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 and drive. And uh, it's, you know, it's something that requires a lot of different skills and, and, and different, um, you know, just, yeah, lots of, di lots of different skills to, to produce. So getting to work with all of these, and not just, you know, designers and, and other artists and mm -hmm. publishers and all these people um, is pretty fantastic. Fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that passion begets passion and mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with other people that are passionate about what it is they do helps inspire creativity and that passion within yourself. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, what we do here, even though it's completely different, there's still got to be a passion involved and right. just like in your artwork and in in the work that you do or designers developers publishers etc so i i am a huge believer in that definitely yeah yeah it's um yeah it's just a really fantastic industry <laughs> it, it, it is pretty cool I, isn't it I, it's also because it's it's you know pretty much my only hobby at this stage um, <laughs> you and me both <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> don't have time for other ones yeah so it's something where i genuinely deeply care about the outcome you know I've, I've worked in lots of jobs doing creative things for results that i ultimately don't care about and that, making that's a, a brochure really or whatever right yeah yeah and that's a really can be a really draining thing because you, you're in order to be creative about, you know, to be effectively creative, um, you need to be engaged. Yeah, you can't, sure. You can't really sleepwalk through it. So it can be really hard to get engaged <laughs> with something that you just don't care. You know, you, <laughs> sure. You no, I, yeah, I mean, that's human nature. Yeah. So I, I don't have to try to be engaged. I'm just naturally engaged with this stuff. That makes sense. So Vitol, I don't know if you saw, but Vitol popped in and said, oh, hey. I gotta go. <laughs> no, 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 no. He said, I'm on vacation and the, t uh, the internet's terrible here. I can't He's watch anything live. Me. Just want to say hello to you guys. Take care of Ian. I have to work more with him. So please don't spoil him too much. And he okay. said, the most challenging thing for you is having to work with him. <laughs> uh, that's not true. <laughs> too funny yeah Vitals, good people yeah, um <laughs> all right so in your opinion what makes artwork in board games successful i mean is there a certain specific aspect uh that 
if an artist or yourself that they just nail this, whatever this is, then it's successful or is it just the the whole harmony of the entire project has to come together for it to be successful? Does that make sense? You understand what <clears throat> I'm asking? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and the answer is typically vague. Uh, it can be it can be anything at all. I mean, they're, they're you know, looking at it from a cold marketing perspective, mm-hmm. then a game can just be very well put together, you know, and, and marketed precisely at its audience, right? So if, if you look at, you know, the work that, I don't know, Fantasy Flight or Simon put out, right? Mm-hmm. That, that work is, is um, you know, it might not be the most beautiful games from my personal perspective. Right. But professionally, I can look at it and I can say that that is extremely uh, precisely created, right? With a specific market in mind. To target that one specific yeah. market. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, so that's an example where I can look at a game and I can say that is supremely well done. It doesn't, it might not necessarily speak to me, but mm-hmm. it's probably not meant to. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, there are a lot, there's just so many different aspects. You know, I, I can look at a, a, a graphic design solution or, or an, an ergonomic solution where something slots into something or you know, fits in in a certain way and, and you just go, you know, it, that can be a really good good solution. Okay. Um, that's something that is, you know, is an aspect of many games because it is a physical thing that you're doing. Right. Uh, tangible pieces. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it can just be evocative, right? I mean, the artwork for... Um, oh, The Grizzled is a fantastic oh, sure. example. Yes, I mean, yes. Um is could not be more perfect for that game and that i think that game's a, a little miracle to be honest <laughs> <laughs> uh, across, across the board it's amazing but um you know the, you you could never get more perfect artwork for that game and that's just i don't know how that came about if it's by accident or by design but either way that you know that artwork is that game and you know it's not only that game. But, no, no, I I get what you're yeah. saying. I totally get that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. I I agree. We're we we're not big on co-ops in general. However, no, me neither. <laughs> however, that game really nails it. Yeah, they did a great job with that. I'm I'm a <laughs> in like in the last five years, I I think that is probably the single most astounding game. That I have played, I, I, it's so unlikely. It, it's. What do you mean by that? Well, it's you know if if you think about what it is, it's a, it's a game about some friends trying to survive in the trenches, right, of World War One. So that sounds very morose. Yes. And and and. Dark in. Um, Dark, and sad, and yeah, and yeah, heavy yeah, yeah. And sad. Um, however, what the game manages to do, and I, I still don't quite understand how it does it. <laughs> to be honest, like I said, it's it's a miracle. 
it manages to to portray that theme very well, I think, while also somehow actually being a game that's enjoyable to play. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that. that game genuinely has a message. I think it is a truly anti-war game. Uh, and, and I think the, the approach to it is really classy. I, I just think it's so well done. Yeah, and, and and they did a really good job with the Grizzled in a sense that, and I think what you what you just said there at the end as far as classy, like they mm-hmm. they they treated the subject with respect and didn't yeah. make it not about fighting it's it's not about right. enemies not even represented it's 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 a universal experience of soldiers you know in 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 the trenches and right you know, regardless of what's it, it, it just because they happen to be french troops they could have been yep. russian they could have been indian they yep. could have been australian they could have been you know anything yes yeah yeah and i i agree with that that it's it, it's funny how, and not to get too philosophical here or anything, but that regardless of what side you're on, the soldiers tend to be just, you know, the pawns yeah. in the game. Yeah. I, and, and by game, no... I mean the game of warfare in real life, yes. I'm saying. Right, right, right. right. Uh, there's, there's no broader strategy to it. The only goal is to survive. I yep. mean, if that's not a truer thing. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> soldiers right? soldiers in war, I mean, that just cuts right to the bone and... and I think also just in the actual, and this is the thing that surprised me because I, I saw that it was coming out when it was announced and mm-hmm. I love the artwork and I love the theme. So I was sold anyway. Oh, same here. As soon as I heard about the but, theme, I was like, even though it's a co-op, I have to get a copy. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But I did not expect it to be a good game, to be honest. Agreed. Um, however, the the game manages to do this very rare thing where the the emotions that it makes the players feel while they're playing the mechanics of the game, I think are in tune with what the game is trying to say about its theme. So it, it's it's not mechanically a thematic game, but the experience is very thematic. I, you know, I, I get what you're saying and, and, one other that you may or may not be familiar with, and I don't want to go down too far down this, but um, there's a game by Spielworks called Colonialism mm-hmm. that is evokes the same, or not evokes, it has the ability to manipulate emotions. And I'm not saying that the grizzled manipulates it. And I don't mean that in a negative mm-hmm. way, but that like, Wow, when you step back and you think about what it is that you're exactly doing yep. and how you're like, wow, this is really messed up. Um, whether that's the grizzled in trying to survive World War One, or whether you're this unnamed colonial power in you have to exterminate the native population, even though they're only just little discs sure. before you, you uh, harvest the resources of the land. It's exactly what happened during the colonial period, um, uh, you know, uh, back a couple hundred years ago. And mm. the artwork in that game also is very evocative and, and brings out emotion and makes you 
think, which yep. and feel, which is, I mean, as an artist, that that's got to be, yes, you want to convey information, but you want players to have a feel in your artwork or, or from your artwork. Am I am I right? Uh, I mean, yes, ultimately. I mean, when it's appropriate. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So, uh, in the in the right project in in the, in the right setting, then yeah, absolutely. That that's what you want to do. Okay. All right. That yeah, that was cool. Thank you. Um, a bit of a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but I I I enjoyed I could, it. I, I, I could hopeful, talk all day about the. Group. Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so okay, so I I got some more uh things here. So you, if and I agree with you from the outside looking in that you Ian don't have a particular style or you seem to adapt to whatever mm -hmm. it is that the game requires. However, yep. do you have a favorite style? Or does that fly in the face of being able to morph your work into these different styles? Um, I don't think I do. I can't think of... No. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, All right. I really don't. I am... Um, I guess... More what I have is a consistent approach, as opposed to a style. So, a, a, a fairly consistent hierarchy of, of what's important, and 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 you know how each element is approached. But but ultimately the, the end product and, and how that looks visually. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not married to anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. So what do you most enjoy then about drawing? Just creating art. What what's the most enjoyable aspect of it? Um there's a lot. There's so much of it. Um I guess when it's surprising is really enjoyable and it often is. Surprising um, in what way? Well, when the results surprise me. Um, so as much as much as I say that you know I decide on the style of it when I set out, that's true. But the end result is is very rarely exactly what I intended. Okay. And it's a little disappointing if it is. <laughs> um, you know, just accidents happen and and things occur to you along the way, and and I, I, I guess part of experience is, is kind of knowing when that's going to lead you hopefully if it has the chance to lead you somewhere more interesting than where you were heading all right i uh, yeah i i could see that so that that's that's really enjoyable because sometimes genuinely when i'm finished something i look at it and i go that is not what i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's cool okay um I really like seeing people play games that I've worked on as of well. Of course, that, that's I mean, something that yeah, that's something that's also pretty new to me since I've started working in board games. Oh, you know, I guess if you're making a brochure or a exhibit display, right. you don't really get to see 
the end product I mean, as far as the yeah, interaction with you, the with the yeah the I mean you, you, you enjoying see, it. I guess sometimes you get to see people use whatever you've done, but right. it's rare that you get to see people really enjoy what you've done. That's um, that's got to be an amazing feeling, man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it is. It's really good, and it happens in because production cycles and shipping cycles being what they are. It's always this unexpected sort of reminder because, for instance, you know, I I, I was done with Lisboa project wise, um, probably around December. Okay, and now it's just Maybe. now starting to reach people. Yeah, so I'm I'm neck deep in other stuff, and then all of a sudden I start to see all these pictures of people playing Lisboa, and it's it, it's a nice moment to sort of reflect and kind of you know go ah oh, that, that that was really nice. <laughs> That's cool, dude. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the actual act of your drawing and whether that's physical software, whatever. What tools do you use? What software do you use? Because I'm sure you know there's going to be some artists out there that are that are going to want to know this. Plus, again, I'm a five year old. I want to. I'm curious. <laughs> um, I well, sketchbook always. So. All board layouts, all card layouts, all iconography, just broad scope of layouts, always by hand, always sketchbook, because it's just the quickest thing I know how to do. Okay. Um, so I've got, you know, books and books that are just filled with stupid pictures of squares and circles that <laughs> aren't pictures of anything. <laughs> it's just me trying to put shapes beside each other. Um, after that... Uh, then I will usually uh, use uh, so I, I use um, Adobe's Creative Suite, which is InDesign, Illustrator, and Photoshop. Okay. Uh, for creating artwork, I also use 3D every now and then. So I use a program called Cinema 4D for that. Um, that's pretty much the main stuff I use. But I, I do as as much as possible by hand before I <laughs> all my problem solving I do by hand oh I really way, I guess <laughs> yeah is absolutely. it because it's easier and uh, <laughs> by easy I mean like you you it's just natural like you're drawing as opposed to having to do it on a computer uh it's a lot of it's it's more immediate it's quicker it's less um what's the word um Rigid, I guess, is 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 a good word. You know, if if I'm drawing, um, uh, on a computer, then I have to th think in terms of the tools that are available on the computer. Oh, <laughs> so okay. As opposed to I, having a pencil or a pen in your hand. As opposed to just just drawing it. Yeah, it's it's much much. It's just quicker for me. Okay. I, and my brain it fires my brain more. When I'm actually doing a, a physical, uh, when I'm drawing, when it's you know there's there's a tactile feeling of of pen on paper and yeah, okay, my brain just works better. I, sometimes when I go on the computer, um, with certain projects, you know, I'll work for hours and then I'll, you know, sort of wake up <laughs> my, my brain will wake up and, and not realize that i've been sitting there for three or four hours and you know a, a lot of the time there's 
once I get onto the computer, not not always, but a lot of the time, a lot of the the work for my brain is done. Problem solving is done, and I just need to implement it. Aha. Okay. All right. Huh. Um, so yeah, no, drawing in a sketchbook is 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 very very enjoyable and because i work from home uh, i can do it anywhere sure which is also i mean go to really the park go to the I coffee can, house yep. go wherever right yeah so that's a, that's a, a also a very attractive thing <laughs> about working, <laughs> working that way all right cool um uh, so for anybody out there watching um would you recommend the ian o'toole approach to getting into oh, board games oh uh <laughs> i thought you meant to creating work to which the answer would be no um <laughs> well okay well hold on let's let's go with that why not oh um or is it just a very personal thing that everybody has to figure out on their own or is there something yeah, I, I think so i i, I think so i, I it, it's why i always get a bit wary when people ask you know what's the best way to do this or what's the best way to do that and it's just whatever follow your heart right yeah well i mean it it's like to me all of the skills the the the, the applicable skills that i use like the drawing and painting and layout and typography and perspective and you know all of this stuff you can learn all of that right mm-hmm. if if you really want to and you're really committed, you can learn all of that. It's all there for you to learn. It's 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 knowledge, right? Right. But the way in which you think around those tools that you have is what makes your work your work, right? A hundred percent agree. Yes. So I I mean, what's the point in trying to think like somebody else? To, I I guess it it, it to me, when people say, you know, what software do I need to get and what, you know, how do, I want to become a graphic designer, uh, what software do I need? The, the, it's always the wrong question, right? It's like, oh, I want to become a builder. What trowel should I get? It's like, well, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not the point, right? Right, 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 right. I mean, you, you're going to need it, or I don't know what builders use. Are you going to need no, a, I, a tool yeah. of some sort? <laughs> um but that's not, you know, it's not the important thing. All of that can come later. So uh, I guess that's why I wouldn't recommend people approaching things the way I do, because it probably wouldn't make sense to anybody else. Okay. Figure out your own, and not style, but your own way to work, right? And your own process, yeah. I guess, is a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's not saying that, you know, everybody has to be original. I don't think I'm even remotely original in what I do, frankly, but I, I, I think, you know, cause there's a whole stigma about, you know, inspiration and, 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 and using reference and, you know, all this stuff that comes along with <coughs> illustrators in particular and artists. Um, and I don't think people should ever be afraid of doing any of that. So I'm, I'm saying, you know, figure out your own approach, but don't be afraid of leaning on other things and being inspired by other things. If that makes any sense. No, it totally does. And <laughs> you said there's a stigma about be, finding inspiration. That seems queer to me. That seems <laughs> odd. I don't like yeah, why, it, it. Really? It's extremely counterproductive. Yeah, it, it's um, 
it's it's part of the reason why I have an issue, not an issue, um, a hesitancy around the word artist, because I, I I think it it comes with a whole lot of baggage, right? So ah. you know, art, art with a capital A is supposed to be all of these things, right? Which most of it isn't. <laughs> so I have always thought of myself if. I'm an artist, I'm a commercial artist. Right? So, which is basically an illustrator, right? It's terminology, it's semantics. Okay. It's all some, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's all semantics anyway. Regardless of what, you, your work is your work and it is what it is and call yourself whatever you want. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I yeah, so when when people are talking about art there's a there's a um a, a misguided i think uh, there's definitely misguided um view that you know it has to be all inspiration and, and i mean i mean divine inspiration <laughs> i don't mean direct inspiration um and and uh you know not not uh, original i guess is, is the right it's got to be your own voice and your own originality and, and all this sort of stuff so i there's definitely a stigma with people um drawing on other people's work and obviously that's a gray area and there's a point at which you know things do become plagiarism but sure I, every, every everybody you know artists have to learn and you learn by doing and and you learn by you know not imitating, uh, look at, but looking at, yeah, but, but getting exactly. inspired by things hmm. that I would have never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems counterproductive to me. Uh, not not, not the way you're 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 thinking about it, but the the fact that apparently they the amorphous hmm. or they um, feel that that's the case, and I would have never thought of that but again i'm not in that world and it's you get inspiration where you get inspiration i mean it's like you said it's one thing to copy yeah that no don't do that mm. but that that seems dumb to me yeah yeah it is <laughs> it is it is very dumb i guess i i never i never approach anything that i do um I always feel that everything I do is very um, practical. I, I don't feel any of it's, you know, art with a capital A, divine inspiration. Is it because uh, it's conveying information? That's part of it. Yeah, because it's got a job to do, and it, right. I have to figure out how to do that job to the best of my ability. So it's got a, a purpose. Um. Vital's yeah. Vital's making jokes in in chat now. <laughs> he says, "Now I need to change artists. I only work with people with divine inf- inspiration." <laughs> Thank you, Vital. <clears throat> <laughs> oh dear. And I um, now, yeah. I'm a fan of your work. It's 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 not news. You, you've known this, uh, and I have I have said this repeatedly whether it's on our live streams or whether it's in our reviews that i am a really big fan of your artwork so i 
I don't want to argue with you over this, <laughs> but at the same time, I think you were completely wrong on whether or not you are an artist with an A. And, and this isn't okay. me, you know, trying to get buddy-buddy with Ian. This is simply, aesthetically, I think you make board games beautiful. I think you make them aesthetically pleasing. And as a heavy gamer enthusiast, that people don't come into this hobby, usually jumping straight into a game like Lisboa. And if every game, don't get me wrong, I appreciate the winsomes of the world to where it's all graphic design and no artwork. I, I can understand that and I can appreciate that. However, I do feel that artwork like yours helps entice people to come into the heavier side of board games because it's striking, it's visually appealing, and that helps us both to have more people to play games with, as well as, you know, it helps heavy cardboard, so yay. So I would right. I would definitely disagree strongly with you that you don't, that you're not an artist with a capital A, just because the main job, I don't wanna say the main job, but part of the job is conveying information. I, I strongly would disagree with that. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, saying that, I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I guess functional work right. isn't any less than more, quote unquote, artistic work, right? I, I don't, I don't place a value on either either way I, I i see it all as somebody has something they want to do or achieve and then they go and try and do it and it succeeds to a greater or lesser degree now whether that's a sculpture in the tate mm -hmm. or a card in a board game they've all got you know a, a, a goal in mind hopefully sure and they've all got an approach and a series of decisions and some craft applied and there's a result and it is what it is. I, I don't, I guess I see, this is weird coming from somebody who makes their, their living drawing, <laughs> creating images, but I, I find a lot of the, the, the talk and phraseology and terminology around creative pursuits. Mm -hmm. Um, completely pointless <laughs> because uh, uh, because of why then well I, I think I think there's a there's a mystique around creativity a little bit okay um, you know people who are who are creative and people who aren't creative and, and whatever uh, and I, I think it's it's like, oh, I'm going to get into this now. My wife always gives me hassle when I start talking about this. It's like the word talent, right? <laughs> okay. I, I, it's just one of those words that always makes my hair stand up a little bit. Not that I have a problem with the word, but it, it, it's often used in a, in a, you know, you're so lucky, you're so talented, as opposed to, 
you know, you're quite good at that. You must have worked really hard. Yes, to get that the, I mean, right? Oh, I yes. <laughs> uh, again, so, being on this side of things, again, both as a gamer, but also as you know, the host of our show, I. Hmm. It's work. It's so I, yeah, I, 100%. Yeah. I, there's no way that if you didn't work at your craft, that you would be as talented as you are, right? I mean, right. it takes practice, yeah. it takes work and constant work <laughs> at improving yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, I, I, I think the word talent is, is more often, not always, but more often than not, applied to creative fields um and it, there's a little bit i think of an un, unsaid notion that you're born with talent so you're saying it, using that term diminishes the amount of work that goes into a little, a little bit yeah, okay. yeah I, no i i i, 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 can I tend buy that. to think of i tend to think of talent as inclination right if i if i'm inclined or or, or invested in the idea of, you know, doing whatever for a living, it doesn't matter what it is, Right. then I'm going to work at it. And when it becomes hard, when I reach that point where it actually becomes hard, if I'm inclined or I have an, a, 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 a natural, whatever, inclination to do it, mm -hmm. then I'm going to work through that. Right? Correct. Whereas if I, if I don't, I'm just going to go do something else because <laughs> it's too hard, right? Sure. It, well, so, and that's where the passion f goes hand in hand with inclination, talent, fill in the right word. Sure. Right. And, and, and I guess the, the, my feeling is that, um, you know, the idea of having talent kind of infers that it's easier for you. <laughs> right? Which... I, I, and I can't speak for anybody else, but at least in my in my experience, none of it ever particularly felt easy. Yep. Right. I just really wanted to do it, so I I, I did it a lot. So, so you worked and, and, your tail off to hone yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, and and so you know all of that comes back to the idea of art with a capital A. All of that's pretty meaningless to me personally. Um. Because I, I think it imbues the work with um, uh, inaccurate, uh, an air around it that, that's not necessarily helpful, I think. Gotcha. To, to, to assessing it. If, yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, no, it totally does. <laughs> um, I mean, and, and people in chat right now, both, both Vital, uh, Philip, these guys are saying you have to have both and, and and it's basically saying that talent is like you said and i i think you worded that really well an inclination towards it right i mean there's got to be i mean let's be honest my, truly my stick men look bad so i'm not going to push through and, and work to try and become a good artist whereas i imagine your stickmen looked better than mine. And so you had that inclination. You had that fill in the right word, whether it's talent, God-given ability, whatever you want to say. But you also had that passion yeah, for it to work through. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's where it comes from, right? So at some point for who knows, whatever reason, 
my brain locked into this idea of you know what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go and that idea I guess was strong enough mm-hmm. to propel me through all of the things I needed to do and all of the work I needed to do in order to make it happen right yeah to make it to be successful yeah. at it yeah I mean yes. it's yeah I mean I'm passionate about podcasting I, I right. think I have a knack for it you know so they so yeah it's a lot of work but it's something I want to push through to improve on so I I right. can 100% understand where you're coming from different yeah. scale yeah, I, I, I between see... what you do and what I do but still well I I, I don't think so <laughs> You know, I, I don't see it. I don't see any different. I really, I genuinely don't because it's just the thing we do is different, right? Fair, sure. They're, 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 they both require different skills. Hey, Asher. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, buddy. Yeah, it, they different both skills. Different right. skills that they both, they both require different traits, I guess, yep. right? That, that sure. maybe are inherent in, in, in each person. Um, and they both require a ton of work. Yeah faith and a, and a lot a of, bit of self-doubt <laughs> yeah right and a, and a bit of luck i guess yes 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 um and so i don't see that I, I really genuinely don't see the difference the output's different sure but we both you know we both get to where we are we all get to where we are kind of in, i guess in the same way yeah i know i i I get that. And yeah, and Asher left, so he just wanted to say hi, Ian. So there you go. <laughs> uh, no, I get that. That it's, and it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it just comes back to, I mean, so <laughs> way off topic here. I get that where we're going with this, but there's a, there's, we all have our good days and our bad days, right? We all have our days mm-hmm. to where, or at least I shouldn't say we all. Uh, let me back up. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but you you alluded to this earlier about having self-doubt in mm-hmm. whether the career choice, whether it's am I good enough, am I whatever, and it all comes down to, you know what, hoping, praying, wishing, that's not going to get it done. Busting right. your ass and working, that's... Mm-hmm. What's going to, yeah, a, 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 as well as maybe a little bit of luck, fortuitous timing, whatever. Sure. Um, yep. But it all comes down to drive and work to be successful mm-hmm. in whatever it is. It doesn't matter what what yep. it is that you're passionate about, right? Yep. So anyway, all right, off topic. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> no, that. but hopefully that's. That's interesting because it is to me and I, 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 I'm of the mind that I can't be alone in right. wondering like what makes people in this hobby or just in general, actually, what makes people tick. And so this I find absolutely fascinating being able to pick your brain and being able to have these conversations with people like you that mm-hmm. are passionate and and it comes through in whatever medium it is, whether it's say Vitor in his board game, in his designs or somebody like Paul Inkow with his, you know, passionate about developing and helping these things along or whether it's someone like you, as far as just passionate about making these games come to life. I think that's, 
people feed off of that and people get excited about that. And I think that's right. That's awesome. People, passion begets, begets passion. And I, I, you can yep. hear it in your voice and it's exciting and it's, it's fun, man. It well, really I mean, is. That, that's, that's why the industry is so incredible, right? Because everybody's got to be passionate. Everybody's, you know, <laughs> right. And if <laughs> you you're not, you... then it's, it's, you're, you're, you're doing the wrong thing or you're doing it yeah. wrong. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. So biggest inspirations. <laughs> or other artists that you admire, whether inside board games, outside in general, however you want to frame that. Um, Biggest inspiration, oh God. Um, So uh, artist, illustrator wise, um, I really adore, you know, all um, the era of illustrated magazines in in the 50s and 60s, people like, I'm gonna list off some names here. I don't know if they'll mean no, anybody. No, no, that's fine. Anything, Are you anybody? talking like like uh, graphic novel, like comic book type stuff, or no, 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 like lifestyle magazines. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, things like that. People like um, Bernie Fuchs and Leon Decker, and oh, it's just, it's just tons of tons of them. Okay, uh, but they were they were they were these guys, and it kind of speaks to what <laughs> to what we were talking about before. You know, here are these guys who and girls who were producing, you know, monthly illustrations for magazines, right? Mm -hmm. Just rags, basically. Some of the best draftsmen who have ever lived, you know, just just the most titanically um, competent, competent, such a a terrible word. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But I'm trying to avoid talented. Accomplished, right? Titanically okay. accomplished painters and illustrators, and and they just had this workmanlike approach to just you know this this is my job and this I you know anyway. Uh, so I, I really like that era of of illustration. Okay. Um, I really like. Uh, I I used to. I don't read so much anymore. I used to read a lot of comics, so I have a lot of comic book illustrators that I really like. Uh, Bernie Wrightson. Probably top of that list. And what, uh, I, I'm ignorant when it comes to the comic books. So, like, right. what did he illustrate for? What, what, what comics? <clears throat> um, Bernie Wrightson illustrated a ton of stuff. Uh, he he was one of the creators of Swamp Thing. Oh, okay, uh, all right. He did. Uh, he's done everything. He did an awful lot of horror comic books. He illustrated a version of uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, all right. Which is just astounding uh, there are pictures that I could stare at all day they're amazing uh, there's that passion <laughs> again see yeah there we go um, I love you know classic adventure illustrators like Frank Frazetta and Joseph Clement Call um, uh, I've got I've, I'll keep going I've got a ton <laughs> but <laughs> No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so, all right, it's transition, and the the uh, you may have actually already answered this, but favorite artwork in a game that you didn't create yourself is it the Grizzled or is that just a really good uh, talking the whole package? But specifically, the artwork, graphic design, illustration, all of that. 
what's your favorite that isn't Ian O'Toole? Hmm. Or or favorites if if there's a few that like eh, I can't decide. Uh, yeah, between. well, I'm I'm trying to think of something that beats the grizzled to be honest, um, and I don't know that I can. Okay. Um. No. All right. I, don't, I think that I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> now, do you have a? This is this is a, a tricky question to ask, I guess. But do you have a favorite that you did create? Now, understand, I'm not talking about the games. <laughs> Or is it like your children and you don't have favorites or are you just trying to going to be very politically correct and just say all of them? <laughs> no, no, I don't care about that. Um, do I? I'm really proud of Lisbo- uh, Lisboa. I know it's the game that's just coming out now, but I'm, I'm very proud of Lisboa. Why? What, that... what specifically about that then? You're not going to get away with just um... the, okay, the new one. <laughs> well, it turned out it it has exactly the effect and the impact that I wanted it to have, basically. Okay. So it fulfilled the picture in my head. So just look at it and be like, nailed it. Yeah, I mean, look, there's always bits and pieces that you kind of go, I could have done that different. Or... That, that just comes back to me not spending six years on a game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, yeah, I yeah, I think I'm really, yeah, Lisboa and Nemo's War. I'm also very proud of. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, both of them are. But then again, like I said, I'm a big fan of your work. So yeah, I, I, I I'll be honest. There isn't a game that I've looked at of yours and been like, hmm, hmm, really? You chose that direction, did you? Huh. <laughs> um, right. Okay. But, but no, no, and I I think that's cool and. Uh, I, I That's surprising appre- because because they are all, you know I because I, I do jump around styles a lot so for I, me I would never expect I, if I had to. a favorite honestly um, maybe maybe Nemo's War or possibly the Gallerist and the reason right. for the Gallerist is I really really like clean and mm-hmm. just everything has its place and there's just it's just tight. I think is a good way to describe yeah. it. And so that's that's probably um I just appreciate the the cleanliness of how every right. everything has uh, I mean call it OCD or whatever just everything is very structured and hmm anyway. Yeah. Uh <laughs> any dream projects like whether inside or outside the, of board <clears throat> games that you're like dude that would be amazing. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, there are lots of. Oh God, I don't know. Well, I, there are this, lots of this isn't going to be all softballs, in. Are, Ian. Come on. Yeah, right, right, right. Do what now? I, I would, I would love to uh, do a game based in ancient Rome. Oh. I would love to do a game based during World War One. Is that because of the grizzled or completely no, unrelated? It, no, that that's a sort of area of interest. For me okay so yeah I, I would yeah it's yeah i've spent a lot of time <laughs> reading about that era cool. so it would All be right. very very interesting to put that to use um there are some games that uh, whenever i play them i think i'd like a crack at this 
other than Kanban, because you know, exist, I know, yeah, I know when I we did like our live stream, you were hanging out in the peanut gallery and you and you were like, yeah, I'd love to have a crack at Kanban. Um, but yes. what? OK, so what else? What anything? Any others that you're like, yeah, I really want to have a crack at this. Um, Castles of Burgundy. Ooh, you, now now you realize you just I mean, when we reviewed that, people were like. <laughs> And if you go through the comments on BGG, great game, but <laughs> always comes right. with a but with the artwork. Yeah, right, right. right. Oh, that uh, somebody needs to make a deluxe edition of Castles of Burgundy with the Inotools artwork. Mm. Yes, please. Yeah, that would make me happy. All um, right. There are lots of games that I I would like to approach purely for the challenge. Right. So I I, I and that's one of the main reasons why. I'd like a crack at Kanban, right? Is that board? Okay. It's not because I think the game looks horrendous or anything like that. It's right. just I'd like to approach that because it's a challenging board to put together. I, it, it, there's a lot of information and it's mm. intimidating for players uh, the first time they see it. And I'll be honest, and we I don't know if you heard the review yet of Lisboa, but mm -hmm. we we mentioned that that wow, that's 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 there's it's busy, but yep. Everything's there for a reason. Da, 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 da. You can go listen to the review. Anybody that's listening, right, right. Um, but it also thematically ties the game together, and it works. And a after you understand the game, the busyness, quote unquote, fades away, and everything, all yeah. the information that you need, is front and center. Right. But yep, yeah, that's that's the aim. All right. Well, that works. Okay. Um, Excellent. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, Race for the Galaxy. I would. I would love a crack at Race for the Galaxy. Because of the heavy iconography. Yep. I, and, and again, not because every time I play Race, which is a lot, uh, I'm you know saying, "Oh, look at this game." It's just a, it would be a huge challenge, right? Sure. Yeah. So I'd like to just have a go at it. Very cool. Wow, you're you're. you're all, I I don't know if you're making it better or worse for people listening because now they're gonna be like, dude, this has got to happen. How do we make this oh, happen? Big, but the big one is on the wall behind you. It's glory to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the black box, super uh, super clean, functional, but. Kind of bland. Um, so, I, so you may not know this, but Glory to Rome is my my number one favorite game. Oh, I did. It, it was coming. Yeah. You 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 took the uh, thunder okay. from my sails, but that's okay. I'm that's sorry. okay. Um, so, <laughs> what is it about Glory to Rome that is your makes it your favorite game? Uh, so the game itself. So not just from a visual perspective. Is it right? Okay. What you mean? Oh no! Just okay. in general, just why? Why is it oh, your favorite? Everything. Game? Every everything. <laughs> Can I just say everything? No, that's <laughs> that's a cop out, Ian. That's no fair. Uh, it is. It just clicks in my brain. It just it, it fires on all. It just fits my brain. I, I you know, it's just one no of those that games that I'll buy. Yes, slots but into my it's brain. just my favorite because it's my favorite. No, you don't get away yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's I. 
you know, I, I am lucky enough to have a wife who will play my favorite games with me. Yes. So I, we, it, we have, right, yeah. <laughs> so we have played probably at this stage 150 games of Glory to Rome. Wow. And I still, like, I, I know I could, you know, you know, you're not always going to be in the mood for your favorite game. Sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not always in game. the mood for through through the ages. Sure. Yeah. Right. And Glory to Rome is a little bit less of a commitment than that. Right. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it'll come up and, I, you know, I'll kind of go, uh, I've got this new game I'd like to try or whatever. But I know enough to know never to turn down that game. And I know enough to know that as soon as I pick up my hand of cards and I look at what's in the pool all of these decisions just start firing off and I'm just in love again uh, it, everything about that game um, every action that's taken has ripples throughout the entire game which I love everything ties into everything else um, nothing is insignificant Around, you know that anybody does around the table right you're everything always, is meaningful right yeah yeah right you're you are always in the game um there's there's <laughs> you're never out of a game of glory to rome uh and i i i'm still discovering new things about it i just i could play it for the rest of my life okay all right see isn't that a better answer than because it's it my a better answer. see that's awesome <laughs> All right, so we're going to go now to the peanut gallery and answer some of the questions that people have asked, if you're willing. Uh, let's see. Um, Bit Rubbish asks, uh, do you read graphic novels? If so, any that you would specifically recommend? Uh, yes. Um, I haven't in a little while, and I'm trying to think what would I recommend. Um Bum, bum, bum. So my favorite of all time is probably uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, going back to Bernie Wrightson. But, okay. Um, so Alan Moore did a seminal run of uh, of Swamp Thing <laughs> during the eighties, guess. Okay. Uh, and it's it's incredible. Um, I like a lot of Alan Moore's work. A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is amazing. Um, Oh, there's a whole lot that I'm forgetting. I love Lone Wolf and Cub, which is this big epic samurai story. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. There's a lot. No, that's fine. That's good. That's a good start. <laughs> no worries. Because I'm, I, I, I understand because I'm terrible at on the spot stuff like that. So I try not to yeah. do that too oh, much. Oh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big 2000 AD fan. Okay. Uh, not so much in recent years, but as, a, as a kid and probably up until teenage years um i was obsessed with 2000 ad all right so i i don't know if you know but the 2000 ad is like a science fiction anthology comic okay so judge dread came from 2000 AD. oh okay that i do know all right 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 yeah i i i i feel like i lose geek cred every time i do one of these because there's aspects that people <laughs> come from that i or 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 things you know from back in the day mm -hmm. that I just never like I never got into comic books that just was never my thing. Um, Can't do everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so no, this is cool because I can go and look these up now. So awesome. Right. Uh, Vince Vince asks uh, any artists that you admire in the board game hobby. 
and anybody oh, sure. anybody that you would like to collaborate with or does that not really work with your process um no i've collaborated before um just because you have doesn't I... mean you liked it <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> um any so the first question yeah there, there's plenty that i admire um all over um the hobby i i think um jackie davis is fantastic mm -hmm. uh speaking of somebody i have actually collaborated sure with. right um i think um beth sobel yep i i, I assumed that she would be in that list with you she does amazing work agreed yeah yeah, yeah. um there's there's so many and to, frankly there's a lot that I, I do not know by name as well okay um, just because there's a lot of people putting on a lot of games right no doubt there are thousands right seriously I've only got so much time but it does, there are so many really okay. good artists I, I agree um, I, I, I appreciate Harold Leesky's work who does a lot of stuff for Spielworks right. as well Spielworks yeah. Um, yeah. so anybody that you would specifically like oh, to I, collaborate sorry, with I will say I will say I think one of the uh, unsung heroes, maybe, is Mariano. Uh, of What's Your game. game. Yep. Yes. I, I think that man is very, very skilled at what he does. And he, he and, and I, does a lot in yes. that company. It, it, a lot of yeah, people don't realize I, I am, he's developer, graphic design, right. artist, all, all of that. Yes. Yes. For What's yeah, Your yeah. Game. I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I had a passing... Uh, I mean, I I really, I really like What's Your Games games. But until I came to work on uh, Vinos, mm -hmm. I didn't really appreciate how good he was at what, he's, what he does. Because, uh, you know, coming coming to, to Vinos um, cold, I was like, well, this has got to be completely different, right? Just because it's a new edition. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, I explored a vertical board. I explored all different... You know, how do we make this different? And I came to the realization, I was like, geez, he did a really good job laying out that board. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not I'm not so petty that I'm going to do a suboptimal layout just because I want to make it different, right? Okay. There's a point at which I was like... If it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah, pretty much. So I was like, this is really good. I'm just going to broadly leave it as it is. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, it, collaboration wise, anybody in particular, or um, as it comes up? Don't know. Collaboration's a little bit um, funny for me because it means it usually means I'm removing part of my usual workflow. Sure, sure, and, and, that, and that's or, or and that's what I was alluding to. That just because you have done it in the past, because I read an interview uh, that you did uh, not too long ago, in that you prefer just doing it by yourself so that you can right. take it all in, and which you've gone over in the past. So that that makes total sense to me. I get that. Yeah, that that's ideally what I'd like to do, and and I think also that's where publishers get the best value from me mm -hmm. um when i when i do both i find I, I often like if somebody says to me can you just do graphic design on this I, i'm like, yeah i can it <laughs> doesn't mean i want to but i but, could well no it's it, it's not even that i don't that i don't want to it's just i i don't feel 
like that's me at my best when it comes to working on board games. Right. That yeah. I uh, again. I mean, you said it yourself. You 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 have a picture in your head and how in in a process and that would infringe on that for lack of a you know to put Mm -hmm. so yeah that makes sense um let's see bit rubbish actually asks one one other really good question here do you feel that good art can actually detract from a game (laughs) wow Um... like wow you killed it so well that I'm just drawn in more by the art than the actual game. I don't know that I've ever, huh? I I guess in order for it to detract from the game, it would have to not do its job. And if it wasn't doing its job, then I wouldn't say it was good artwork. So no. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> yeah that okay I, that makes I, I sense yes I, I mean I, I i can see um you know f- uh form over function being a problem uh-huh. where people are, are are paying much more attention to you know how something looks than how it operates so that can definitely be a problem and and even if the artwork even if it looks beautiful to look at to hang on your wall if it doesn't function right, then sure, I can. Yeah, I mean, in, and, in that case, I guess. And but it, it, I would assess that as not good artwork, though. right? Because <laughs> it failed at its main mission, right? Yes, right, right, right. Okay, and, and by the way, that really warms my heart, knowing that it function trumps form for you. That, right. Okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I know this because I've, I've played games that you've illustrated, done graphic design work for, but. As you get into heavier games, as we kind of alluded to earlier, that function becomes paramount to, I mean, if you're sitting over a game for three hours and it's late at night and maybe you don't have ideal lighting, I want to be able to see clearly whatever the the main purpose of the game is. Everything else is secondary, I feel like. Now, that's not to diminish it, but... The whole purpose, as you've as you've said previously, is to convey the information first and foremost, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. It's also to to um, to enhance the gameplay. Yes. Yes. Right. So it, it sh- things should be in a logical position, and and things should flow from here to there. I mean, a, a good example is the uh, the treasury track in. Um, Lisboa in Vital's prototypes I think was over on the right hand side or the left hand side I'm not sure Okay. and it became pretty apparent to me that it should be right in the middle because it relates equally to both sides, both sides to, to both elements of the board it's, it's, a, it's a centerpiece so you know that that's the sort of thing where design should help you understand the relevance of things to each other. So that that little nugget there at the end there never would have occurred to me, but now that you point it out, I'm like, oh yeah, obviously it should be right. in the middle. But I never would have considered <laughs> that. That's fascinating to me. And that's that shows the skill and I would say experience that that type mm-hmm. thing comes with experience, I would think. Right. Yeah. 
And, okay, and so Vital, Vital, lots, lots and lots of talent. <laughs> <laughs> so Vital is busting on me in chat right now. And okay, so our one big critique of the graphic design of Lisboa. So here I have you here. So before we we yeah, finish up, it. let me let me ask that: How small the numbers are, the reference number <laughs> on the clergy tiles? Yeah, they're pretty small. Yep. Um, so, 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 right. so, okay. Defend that. Ian. I'm going to, I'm going to, no. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a decision <laughs> to make and I, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. All right. So each of those tiles uh-huh. is less than, oh, it's something, there's something like 25 centimeters square, 25 millimeters square. I'm okay. Sorry. They're, they're like, right. they're like five, they're. Three quarter, five yes. five eighths inch, three quarter inch, somewhere around there. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Inches make no sense to me. Um, right. So they're small. Right. Agree. There's a there is a range. Let's just say of iconography on them. Mm-hmm. The manufacturer needs at least, at the bare minimum, three millimeters. Of bleed over, right? Each side of, of, of clear space. Now, that's not enough <laughs> to be safe in, in my book. So, four to five is better, right? So, that's... You're saying from the edge of the, of, the, of the tile? From the edge in, of the counter? Inward. To, yes, okay. inwards. Not outward. Right? Okay, so, effectively, gotcha. that's, let's say, six millimeters gone off the thing. Right? Okay, right. Three on each side, sure. Three on each side. And top and bottom. Right. So now our, what did we say it was? Whatever. It's smaller now. Sure. Yes. Yes. So you've got two things that need to fit on it. Iconography. And you've got a reference number. Right? Okay. Those two things are separate pieces of information. They are. Right. You do not want the reference number to look like it's part of the iconography. Understood. Right, so if I'm saying you get two coins and there's a number four under it, and those two things look too similar in size, so do I get two coins or do I get four coins? Understood. Right, right. This this comes down to visual hierarchy, right? What is the most important thing? The most important thing, unquestionably, (laughs) I would argue, is the iconography. A hundred percent agree with you on that. Yes. So there's a, it's 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 just one of those push-pull things that if, if this text even gets you know one point bigger could it okay or a little bit more bold which is like probably what you were going to say next it is you're right <laughs> the, the 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 visual balance of what you're looking at uh-huh. starts to become swayed and those two things start to blend together right because once once the line weight of that text mm-hmm. starts to mimic the line weight of the icons then your eye starts to look at those two things and go, oh, they're both the same. Which is so we're which? Gonna look is, at them. We're going to look at them together. Okay, so which what, is a big, big problem to make sure that, that I'm understanding. So what you're saying is because the iconography should take precedence, that you mm-hmm. don't want your eye fighting or, or trying to have to make the decision which is yeah. the real main focus. Exactly. Okay. Now, in an ideal world. If the box of Lisboa could be maybe half as big again, mm-hmm. and the board could be half as big again, 
those tiles could be bigger. <laughs> and we would have lots of space to play with. And the number could be nice and big. Fair enough. But Fair that's, enough. That's not the case. But no, so, no. And I, this is, this is good. So this is, mm-hmm. this is the one graphic design aspect that we really kind of took umbrage with for lack of a better way mm-hmm. to put it. And having this kind of insight helps us both as reviewers as well as just gamers in general have a frame of reference and context in the types of decisions that have to go into given the space space constraints so maybe now next time i can look at this again from both Hat, wearing a reviewer's hat as well and a gamer's hat oh they probably made this decision because of x y and z and this right yeah. here is a perfect example of why i really enjoy these conversations because it gives us the right. well, ability to shine light on this stuff that we wouldn't normally think about yeah now i mean that that's not to say that for a number of people that's not going to be an issue sure which is where you know as as a reviewer that's you know i'm not, i'm never going to take umbrage with people saying this is too small or this is too big uh, you know i feel perfectly justified in the decisions that i've made because they're informed decisions based on the criteria that i have to work within right fair the board can't get bigger sure god knows the box can't get bigger. please no so yeah so you know there's a certain there's a finite amount of space um and it is what it is. I, I, you know, when I, when I, I mentioned late art playtesting, mm-hmm. which is when I'm almost finished with the artwork, I'll print out, a, I'll make a, a full prototype and I'll bring it around to different groups and we'll playtest it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did that probably, I think, yeah, definitely more than any other game with Lisboa. Uh and the thing I always make a point of doing is playtesting without a player aid. Never use a player aid. Right? Okay. Because I, I think that if you're relying on the player aid fully, uh-huh. then I think that's an issue. Because once you get past the learning of the game, I think the components i know the player rate is a component but the the, the game understood right yeah yeah should should mostly do enough to remind you right and and i 100 percent agree again the information should be either easily visible or committed to memory or easily consistent enough to be able to be committed to memory yes yeah and and, and this comes down to a hundred thousand tiny decisions about what's more important than what right Mm -hmm. so when we look at putting reminders on 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 player boards or or on the board or, or or whatever it becomes a decision based on you know how often at what stage in in people's experience with this game is um, are we are we pitching this right? Because if, if we were saying okay, let's make this for everybody's first game, then all of those icons will be huge, right? Sure. Because you're learning the game, so all of the things that you need to learn the game, all the little hints and things should be 
three times the size. It should be enormous. But once you know the game... But we can't do that, right? So we understand that, you know, somebody who buys a game that looks like Lisboa is already invested in a, a pretty in-depth learning experience, right? Sure. That, the, fair. Yes. So we say, okay, the, the audience for this game, we've got a little bit of, of um, leeway, leeway, I guess. Uh, no, no, I, no. That, right? yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You're right. These people aren't going to look at the, you know, spend five minutes and walk away, hopefully. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the hope is that, you know, after your first, second game, whatever, depending on the complexity of the game sure. and the type of player you are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that the information you need is there, but it's not jumping out at you all the time because theoretically you don't need it anymore, right? Sure. But if you do... It's there. Or if you you have this experience, you bring in a new player, the information's there right. for them as well. Right. But it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. the the uh, visual focal point of the board. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I, I play test without player aids is because it gives me really, really useful feedback on how players interact with the rest of the elements. Right, so uh, if if people do not know where to find X Y Z, or, or or they they can't remember that this flows into that, or they keep forgetting to move up the treasury track when they play a card, or right. whatever it is, right? If they are following, if I give somebody the player aids that come in the box, they will follow the steps, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and. You know, uh, the good thing about a player aid is anyone can follow the steps and you don't miss anything, right? right? But that doesn't give me any useful information <laughs> about how the board is operating. Because if nobody misses anything, then it's all perfect, which I know it isn't at that stage because there's always something. And so, so you take want away the to be able aid. to see how, where they stumble. Yeah, exactly. So I take away the player aid, I teach the game. And if anyone asks any questions past that, I usually ask them to make their best guess. Using the, see, the visual cues yeah, that are there. Look at it and, and let me know what you think it should be. I do I'm wish not. more publishers would do this with their games in general to make better rule books. But that, that right there shocks the hell out of me that as a artist, graphic designer, illustrator, that you actually go to those lengths to do that. I... There's no way I would have ever guessed that a uh, that that comes from anybody but the designer or the publisher. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have to do it. Sure, <laughs> but, but I can't. I can't. I, I I haven't done my job right if I don't do that. I, I don't think that's badass, I mean, dude. I mean, that is awesome. There's there's a lot of games that I've worked on that I don't do that with because it's not necessary. Right, some some games are simple enough. Sure. Right, there's not too much to, to be gained, but when you're looking at something like Lisboa or the Gallerist or Venus, you, I mean, to think that you got it right first time is, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. It's right? audacious, and, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, the very first playtest I did of Lisboa, and and at this point I was like, ah, oh, there's, 
a day or two left in this job probably you know it was done <laughs> i put it in front of people and i went so this and i went and within five seconds i went oh god i'm an idiot <laughs> and i just i there was something on the board which was so misleading and i just like get a big sharpie x through it and <laughs> you know and if i hadn't done that then there would be 500 threads on board game geek saying why is this here when it should be there and that right there isn't talent that's work that's, right that's a perfect example of attention yeah. to detail and passion and 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 caring about the work that you do so i i very much can appreciate that yep awesome all right so before we wrap up I'm going to make you go through this little buzzsaw of six questions that I've been asking everybody that I've done the conversations with Heavy Cardboard with. They're fun, but hopefully thought-provoking, all right? Okay. First thing that comes into your mind is what you need to answer these with, okay? <laughs> you sure? You ready? See, had you listened yeah, to any of them prior, you would have been prepared for this then, Ian. Here we go. Right. Number one, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? Um, oh, wow. Um, um it, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a lot to throw at me. And I feel like I shouldn't be thinking about it this much. I, I don't, I don't think I would be like super young. Or I'd be I'd be around about what I am. I think I don't know. That's a really boring answer. Okay. All right. All right. So be <laughs> it. Ian O'Toole. Boring answer. Number That's two. Right. If you could master one skill that you don't have right now, could be anything. What would it be? Only one. Yeah. It just. Oh What's the V one? Um. I would like to know how to fly a plane. All right, that's one. That's it. That's, that's all you one, get. That is one. That's all I get. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have dinner in conversation with any person in history, who would it be? Wow. Um, dinner and conversation. Uh, assuming, so I interviewed a uh, aerospace engineer who works for SpaceX. And he was like, okay. and he was like, would I have a translator? Would we be able to understand? And I was like, come on, Andrew. So yeah, assuming you would be able okay, to completely understand one another. Um, I think it would probably be an illustrator, possibly Bernie Wrightson, who actually died last year. Um. Or Leonard Cohen, maybe? Ooh, all right. Who also, who also died last year? It's really sad. Um, a very recent memory. Yeah, either of those okay. two. All right. I, I would be more than happy with. Okay, all right. This one, uh, pretty good, I think. Uh, what are three things that you want more of right now? This could be physical. This could be characteristics. <laughs> it could be ideas. It could be time. It could be anything. What three things would you want more of? Um, time. Sure. Is definitely one. Um, oh, God. Uh, time, pff, fitness. Okay. Probably. All right. 
truth, truth be told. Um, three. Oh, God, what's the last one? I mean, um, it could be money, it could be patience, it could be... Well, I feel like money would just give me time. I feel, you know, Fair enough. That's what, I, that's what I'd use it for. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they're in- interchangeable, I guess. Um, wow. Um, I don't know. Probably uh, time in Ireland. Okay. All right. So right. So okay. More friends and family. Sure. Of course, which I only I do every two years, thereabouts. Okay. All right. Get more of that would be good. My favorite question of all of these. Ooh, okay. What do you appreciate most in your friends? Oh. Uh, transparency. I like that. Good answer. In a in a in a in a good way. I I've, I don't have any time for um, people being well opaque. Sure. I, I don't have time to be guessing about what people mean and and what they, you know, what, yeah, just what people really mean. All right. I just as soon not give it any thought, and that's, that'll be that. That no, that's awesome. All right, <laughs> last one, and I I have yet. I, I, I'm thinking about changing this one because it's always a, a softball. But what is your okay. absolute dream job? Uh, okay. Um, I feel like it's pretty close to what I do now, except that I have to put in really long hours. <laughs> <laughs> so this, but with less hours. Okay, fair enough let's say all right awesome that's uh that's all i got that was that was truly amazing that was really enjoyable today so hopefully you enjoyed it ian yeah i had a great time okay good and i appreciate you staying up so late because it's almost what twelve thirty there in perth yep all right so thank this you very much for, for doing right. this i really really appreciate it and for everybody Watching at home, both live and after the fact, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks to all our patrons for making this all possible. And uh, yeah, Ian, before we go, you want to uh, mention how folks can get a hold of you because I know you're you're fairly active on social media as well as your website and stuff. Sure. Um, Twitter is probably the best place uh, where I am at Ian. Oh God, Ian O'Toole tweets. I think it is. Is it? Thank you. <laughs> uh, my website is enotool.com, which has not been updated in a little while. Uh, yeah, Twitter's or BoardGameGeek. I am enotool, yeah, I think. I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> All right. So uh, on behalf of Amanda, I'm Edward and Ian. Thank you so, so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you guys later. Take care, everybody.